Listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast. Comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. Welcome back, everybody. It's Kapow, the Pop Culture Podcast. My name is Jordan Lowe. Cliff Barnes. I'm Seth. Happy New Year. Hmm. Yeah. I bet I got you. I hope you listened to our last episode. We did our annual movie preview. That was fun. We looked at all the movies, uh, anticipating 2023 and all the things that are coming to the cinema ranked a few of our most anticipated so i hope you didn't miss that you might we've already talked about uh what's probably our most anticipated movie a couple times but there's a couple other ones on there you may not even have heard of you may not even know what's headed your way unless you listen to that episode yeah it's it's a fun one that was the last episode we recorded in 2022 Right. And this is the first episode we are recording in 2023. Wow, we're really slacking. Whew. We are. More about now we're going less quantity. More that's quality. It. No, no, that's it. Just less quality. Oh, just that. Okay. Right. I, feel I have a question. That's a fair goal. Yeah. I have a question, Cliff. Achievable it's... goals are our thing. <laughs> This is a uh, Jordan said we could start out with news, but I, I I wanted to I'm not asking Jordan because I feel like this is on your radar, Jordan. What? Uh, but this is my my test to see how far it's reached the public. Uh, Cliff, the OG, as the, the OGL? As, yeah, Cliff, as the public, uh, have, do you know that anything is going on with Dungeons and Dragons other than the figures from the oh. cartoon breaking? Oh. Um, <laughs> that's the biggest scandal in his life yes I had all kinds of action figure news to break down <laughs> um, so yeah I uh, it has crossed common my, man on the street it has, it has crossed my my social media feeds there um, I don't know what, what was that like a week or two ago or is this brand well, new it's all, it's all it came to a head kind of today okay mm. well we I just happened to cross the original io9 article that kind of broke all the news and right. I read it and I didn't understand all of it because I'm not in that world. Yeah. But I found it really interesting of like, wait, what is going on? Like it, it just seemed like this is, this could be a big deal. So I, I read the whole article and was read a bunch of the comments. I was, I was interested in what was going on, even though I didn't quite under, understand it. Yeah. It's a huge deal. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. I've never seen like, a corporation shoot themselves in the foot so badly. Oh my gosh. Cause there's so much goodwill with Dungeons and Dragons. People love 
Dungeons and Dragons. The I mean, and this is a industry that your customer base is fanboy nerds who will literally uprise against anything, and they just <laughs> love you. They just love Dungeons and Dragons. So uh, yeah, I had that in my notes as as news to, to bring up. So I hoped you had had great, more information. Yeah. Well, on that. So the last with, the last couple of years with with Stranger Things and. And these celebrities playing and, and yeah. even, you know, we've even talked about athletes that are playing and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, it, you know, you would, I would say it's pretty popular right now. It's extremely well, it's popular the, as ever. One of the craziest things about all this news is it was having a great comeback resurgence. Yeah. And then they, they had to fix it. They had to fix what wasn't broken. What does a what does a corporation love more than when they're making money? How can we make more year, money? Year right. over year improvement. So yes, exactly. Wizards of the Coast. Yeah. This is the uh, owners of the D and D trademark, mm-hmm. who are in Watsy. turn owned owned by Hasbro, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So I saw Wizards of the Coast is almost like half of Hasbro's income i saw somewhere yeah where like, they used to be huge. like the smallest thing yeah now they're making them billions of dollars so hasbro it's a big deal within the ha- you know hasbro corporation yeah so wizards of the coast is ending the open gaming license that they've had for decades yeah two so it's billing is around mean? 2000 yeah what does that mean okay well they had the open gaming license to basically let creators, or the common man, create adventures and content for Dungeons and Dragons. And other systems have kind of adopted this license to say, you know, you can use our rules, our format, our words, our, you know, uh, all our themes and make your own content and sell it you know you can you can use it to write adventures and sell these and do whatever make money off of it um without you know and it's it's perpetual this this open gaming license is perpetual which people took as forever no matter what happens we can do this and companies were born out of this you know like they make money off of this and not i mean i'm sure you know many make more than others but it it is it was a genius idea to keep them on top plus all these youtube channels and podcasts and fan produced material like so it's yeah it's people who are making money off of it and just fan groups right everybody's it's open to everybody the idea. right right and it that's the thing that's come to head is in the last few years as dungeons and dragons got more popular uh people are making more money off of it and hasbro's like well that's that's our money you know God, that, how, you're making so too bad. much money they yeah. are terrible i hate hasbro like i mean i buy their crap too but god they're <laughs> awful yeah this kid, this happened back with we are in fifth edition right now, and now they're try trying to transfer to one D and D, which is you know basically sixth edition. But back in, uh, someone say like two thousand eight, uh, we we were they were finishing up third edition, going to fourth, and people, 
and and, the, and they basically decided tried to do in the OGL that they tried to say, hey, you can sign up to make this content for fourth edition, but you're gonna have to pay to do it, you know. And people were like, no, nah, that's fine. We'll just stick with third. And fourth edition what tanked. It was like, you know, many people stayed with it because Dungeons Dragons is a huge name and people are fans, but, but it, they did not want to, uh, you know, they were trying to make money off of them and they were like, forget it. We'll just use this. We have the open gaming license 1.0. We can keep doing your previous editions without, you know, there's nothing mm -hmm. to do about it. So we, uh, so they, they did that and comp a huge company was born out of that. Um, Paizo, I believe it was Paizo, came up with Pathfinder, which was like they came up with uh, the edition three and a half, three point five, which is like some improvements, and then they made their whole Pathfinder system, which was basically that. And since then, they have a kind of changed their edition, but they screwed themselves. They shot themselves in a foot in the foot, then splintering the industry, um, and now they're doing it again. Um, because the reason they don't, they don't realize that the reason they became this big was because of the creators, because of all this free advertising, people like critical role, you know, plays dungeons and dragons and millions of people watch it and that people go buy D and D products right. like, yep. and now they want that they want their money. And it's like, they're, they're, we're leaving money on the table. How can we raise, you know, it's all money for investors that say, you know, every year you got to make, it's like you guys were making more money. Everybody was making more money, but you had to get greedy. Yep. They have Greed to have all the money. Yeah. So basically the reason it works is because when you make, when D and D makes content, these companies make content, you selling to, you know, there's books that sell like crazy. Those are like a player's handbook and things like that, that everybody buys. But adventures, only Dungeon Masters buy for the most part. So there's, you know, still sell a lot, but they're less interested in making adventures because that's a DM product. So that's where the, create, you know, common man comes in 30 third party creators make the adventures make a bunch of adventures and sustain your product and sustain your system because they're there's the open gaming license and dean you know they're like they make it for dungeons and dragons they picked up people came back to fifth edition and they're making all this content for for them for free and and yeah they're making money off of it well, i could write an adventure put it on kickstarters print books, whatever, make money. It's like anybody can do this, this stuff. And they, they're they like, well, now if you make a certain amount of money, we want a percentage. They yeah. basically sent sent out, there was a, a December, around December 20th, we got this information, that article from IO9. And then since, and people kind of were saying, this isn't good, this isn't good. Yeah, like good. It, it leaked ahead of time. They, yeah. they weren't ready to announce it. I just yeah. saw some, it, it, had, it got out ahead of time, apparently. And so they tried to counter it. They came out with a statement saying, oh, it's not, you know, this is about, we just want to change some things about how uh, 
we we want there to be you can't have any kind of hate speech and things like that which is great you know that's maybe that wording needs added corporations and, and companies will do that also too they'll leak it out themselves just to try and get a reaction see yeah, how bad yeah. it's going to be like right. disney does that crap all the time and it pisses me off but right. yeah i mean the, like to quote the great youtuber michael french you know retro blasting uh, the fans are doing the best work, and that's exactly what you have here. It's exactly what you have that's happening, I swear to God, in every aspect of Hasbro's business. And they're all ticked off in every corner because somebody else is doing it better than they are or somebody's making a little bit of money that, you know, God forbid they can't get their grubby hands on. Sorry. Yeah, that's like technically... It's their property and legally and what, you know, you know, yes, they own it. But, you know, especially for something like that, that is based on creativity and 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 fan involvement. And, like you're cutting off your nose to spite your face, obviously. Right. But like that, if, I, so, yeah, if there's some if there's a group, if there's one fan, if there's somebody out there doing your product better than you, just hire them. Offer, yeah. make them an offer they can't resist, you know, and, and do it that way. Like, don't just get pissed off because they're better at what you do than you are. So they came out with this new open gaming license saying that, it, you know, this was leaked, that they had sent this to creators and it said basically there's we're canceling the original open gaming license and this new one's got some new stipulations and now if you make over seven hundred fifty thousand dollars you have we get 25 percent of that and but that's gross that's that's the gross revenue and that Companies these these creators may not make yeah they're not going to make any profit uh, so, uh, after they pay this. after they pay artists right. and product costs and all yeah, everything to do it they don't make anywhere near that big number mm-hmm. but off the top Hasbro wants that money and then you pay all your other stuff and then you you get nothing or lose money wow so so they totally you know they really release that and then they're trying to act like it they were just gonna you know there's floating it out there or whatever and p all these creators go no this came with a contract this was not a what do you think about this this was hey sign this before anybody you know realizes Mm -hmm. what's going on and we can trap you into this so but they did not expect what happened it went nuts everybody was like don't sign this we, you know, they, they, and then they did not respond. They didn't respond to any of this happening. And so people waited another day or two. And then all these comp, all these creator companies got together and were like, fine, we're going to do our own open gaming license and we'll create our own, maybe a, a, our own big system. Or they were just like, this is our moment. Mm-hmm. We don't need D and D anymore. We can make our own thing. We, and we don't, you know, that there's no reason for them to totally control the industry anymore. And they still didn't say anything. And then another thing leaked from someone inside, um, was, you know, Wizards of the Coast saying, Hey, I was, I saw, you know, was in a meeting and they, all they care about is D and D beyond if it 
how many subscriptions they have to that. That's their online service. Like you can get your books digitally and you play online and they're going to go to a virtual tabletop and all this. And it's like people subscribe to that play online or even, even if you're playing in, you know, at a table, you bring your tablet, it does all the math for you. It's so it is really great system. And, it, and they said that we'll just see now, see, you know, if they're still paying us, it must not be that big of a deal. So they were, they created this D and D be gone hashtag and all these people dumped D and D beyond. They all quit their subscriptions in the last yeah, I saw that it's, it, the, there's so much traffic. It shut the page down for yeah. an amount of time that people it's were, crazy. people were quitting <laughs> so much. So in math. Yeah. So then finally they, uh, said that well they were supposed to make an announcement yesterday and then that happened everybody was dumping dnd beyond and so they they didn't do it and then they released a statement today they finally after over a week said something and it's the most michael scott statement oh it was just like we weren't you know, going to do that. It's first off, it's all a lie, you know, because people said they got contracts with it. Someone at D and D is wearing the Willy Wonka outfit, like trying to hide in the bathroom. <laughs> like it wasn't right. my idea. <laughs> he said, "They're the, my favorite statement is like they're going to say, you know, because because they start backing down and they're not going to do this stuff. They're not going to try to. Oh, they also had said in that that thing they wanted to sign that they can use your content that you create." If they, yeah, they want to put was it the big thing I saw that yeah. they can they can just take it from you. Yeah. You, you yeah. And they can renegotiate. They can change the terms of this contract at any time, you know, <laughs> and all, all this and just like ever. It was just pray. I don't negotiate. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. They could do anything they want. And it and anyway, they said, oh, no, we would never do that. All this that, yeah. you know, and then, then they said uh, now. People are going to say that they won after this, you know, after we put this out. It's just like, why do you have to do this? Why do you have to say this? People are going to say they won, but, and that we lost, you know, but we, but that's not, we all won. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, no, Uh oh, it's, uh, it's, it's so gross. And they, they so screwed themselves. I, I'm so so much is going to be born of this. They're going to have haters forever. Mm-hmm. I I think it's a, a major thing that happened. But this this is every D and D such a small niche corner of the world. But this this is everything. This is the world now. This is capitalism. This is a, like I I was looking at comments from this and I saw people talking about Magic the Gathering. Yeah. Where in the recent years the same thing has gone on. People have gotten so sick of that company. They're pumping out product and raising prices and like hurting their fans just because they need to turn a few extra bucks. I'd still sell the hero clicks. And I have people complain to me all the time that prices just went up again on those. Mm -hmm. They're having fewer figures per booster pack. They've changed the rules a bunch of times. There's like, they just, they keep messing with it. They had a, you know, hero clicks has gone on for 15 years. Like it's one of the most successful gaming things. But to me, the best, like, I think of Netflix all the time. What company was bigger, more profitable, more beloved than Netflix was for decades? They 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 were so smart and ahead of the curve on the streaming stuff. They signed up, you know, 90% of America. Like, they had it. 
Everyone loved Netflix. It was affordable. They had amazing content. But as we've talked about, it wasn't quarter after quarter growth and improvement mm-hmm. and shareholder dividends and all. Like they had to keep being. They were the most profitable company on the planet. They they spawned you know Netflix and chill. Like it was a cultural thing. They owned streaming, but it, uh, you know you can't be happy with that. To, to appease shareholders, you have to keep improving. So we what have we had the last couple of years? Talk about, oh, we can't share passwords anymore. We're going to add commercials to it. Like, they're going to destroy Netflix in yep. this get short-term game thing. Yep. Where it's like, what? Just, you, at some point, you can't make any more profit. You will make everyone hate it. Just be happy with go, what until you Until it's have. gone. Yeah. yeah it's always so a- same, yeah. D&D is a beloved institution. Been around since the 80s has had ups and downs in popularity, but like it's never been bigger right now, culturally, like you said. Why not be happy with that? Invest in that, make that grow, be happy with what you have. But no, it's a publicly traded company, so you've got to show investor growth to, to get everyone their stock buybacks, whatever any of that means. But it, it's that's that's everything. Every, it, nothing gold can stay, as the poet said. It's It's awful. So I'm curious where it goes from here, but man, it was big breaking news constantly about it. And just all the fans just freaking came together and all these channels. It's just like you turned the internet against you. Like the, do you know how many of these people that were on your side and making you money and yeah, you would have bought you your went, product forever. And you turned all of them. You got all of them to band together and crush you. It's like you're it's just like it's kind of neat to watch. Like I I I enjoy watching them crumble because I don't care. I don't you know it's like I love Dungeons and Dragons, but it's not I don't care. I'd I'd much rather watch corporate people fail. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yes, I bet. <laughs> but you know, I mean these this type of thing is happening everywhere. I mean, in every, if there's a fandom, you can find an example of this where they've just, they will turn their most beloved people against them eventually. You know, like even, you know, I, I spend so much time watching, um, YouTube vloggers, doing Disney parks, theme parks and things like that. And these theme parks are now getting to the point where some, um, they've, they've started to ban, you know, vlogging in their parks, or you can't ride certain rides if you have, unless you have a camera attached to your body trying to, you know, cut down. Basically, if you, if you don't have a GoPro, you're not going to get ride footage and stuff like that. But yet, these are the same people that are that are promoting your product for free. These are the people that are are out there and, and selling it better than you can. It's just this crap is right. everywhere. That's all short-term thinking to maximize how much money can I make right this second without yep. any thought to the long game and keeping the brand healthy and 
right you know and 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 growing yeah. in the long term you know they have people in there that have been around and are fan you know they probably grew up and they're like thinking i got my dream job i'm working for D D. you know this is amazing and they're trying to tell them hey don't do this this happened yeah. before mm-hmm. and this is worse what are you doing and they're like no you don't understand we are here to you know we were hired to make the money and we know better than you and it's like you don't but yep. let's see what happens it's like they forget that you know dnd is not like the perfect system it's the system that ha- that was there and you know started this and people just creators supported it and so it's just always been on top it doesn't have to be there's a million systems and people play different ones because some like them crunchier than others and some like these things from every other system, it just happens to be the most embedded. It's like, well, it's not going to be anymore. So you screw yourself. Anyway. Well, we've got a couple other pieces of news that might segue into that. Uh, some stuff that's happened in the, the couple weeks since we've been on the air. Warner Brothers. <laughs> and the HBO mess. So we talked about them canceling, you know, we've canceled the Batgirl movie, we've canceled Westworld, but then it came out, they're also removing stuff from HBO Max and their streaming service. They've gone so far as not just to make, they're they're not making new stuff, you can't even watch the old stuff anymore. That that really, that immediately like rubbed me the wrong way when I, I was just so like, that's the one thing about HBO. You could always go there and watch any of their original content. It was always there. And That's now I always felt about some channels like HBO had that longer thinking, you know, shows like the wire or yeah. Oz, those were never ratings, you know, big ratings deals or big award winners, but they were quality shows. And I feel like they let them have room to breathe and tell their stories and okay maybe at the end of it we get a dvd box set you know they they weren't thinking of streaming back then but like they 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 still had them and they kept making smart shows like that that you know every once in a while you get a sopranos that was a huge ratings thing or uh, game of thrones but like i always respected hbo for making these shows and having like a library of really quality content so once you get to the streaming era yes that's a perfect selling Mm. point like come to hbo max we have you know there's decades of shows you may not have watched back then sex in the city and you know all these classic hbo shows well if those aren't even safe (laughs) then then what is i said we get to these i'm to the point i don't even like that 1899 show just came out i was like that sounds interesting i'm not gonna watch it they'll probably cancel it oh boom no season two of that (laughs) So like, it, it's yeah. training people not to even watch their stuff. It really again, is. That, that's a self-sustaining, you know, whatever that you know. If it, I'm not going to watch it because it's going to get canceled, therefore nobody watches it, so it gets canceled. I guess. Yeah. But, but I guess uh, among the shows pulled, Westworld, The Minks, The Nevers, the Joss Whedon show, Love Life, Raised by Wolves, and a whole bunch of others. When I saw it, there's a plan to license. 13 of its HBO originals to third-party free ad-supported streamers like Pluto or Tubi or the Amazon Freebie. So they're going to license them out and make a little money that way yeah. rather than having to pay, you know, they had to pay the royalties, whatever pennies those were. And they raised HBO, them. they raised your subscription this week. It's a dollar more starting. 
start next month HBO. God, it's if like, I have to start paying to watch Dream On episodes from here on out, I'm gonna be ticked <laughs> off. But again, HBO, a beloved company that produced some of the best. It's you know, my favorite ever. streaming service. Yeah, and they can't yeah. even keep people. And it's like, and you're gonna take what one of the your best seasons of television ever, Westworld season one, gone. It's like that's why people would come to your service. Yeah. Ugh. And again, why not let them finish season five? You know, then you have, and then it's just archived forever. Some kid right. growing up who who wasn't even alive when season one started will watch that someday and be really enthralled by Westworld. But that's that's not the thinking. So the probably the biggest story in our world, at least my world. Was about Henry Cavill no longer being Superman, mm. and again Warner Brothers messing stuff up. Hired, and fired, James Gunn, rehired, fired speaking again. Speaking of speaking of beloved to hated, James Gunn, the Snyder Bros have gone for James Gunn's throat. I think I don't I don't know. He didn't he didn't he, his goodwill didn't last very long at DC. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, I saw today they announced that somebody leaked some guy that they thought was going to be mm. the next superman and james gunn immediately was like he has not been cast until it's done <laughs> da, da, da. but i was like good because i don't like that guy immediately i was like nope they should so just start superman. saying like whatever the the name the character and it should always they should always just say it's going to be the rock like the rock <laughs> plays everybody <laughs> I, I, I nominate henry cavill grow his hair out and play the beyonder Nice. Get him a disco, <laughs> yeah. get him a disco I nailed jacket. it, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. I crushed it. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently no more Gal Gadot as uh, Wonder Woman. Uh, jury still out on Ezra Miller. It might yeah. be that goofball. This, this week. He's he might the, come back for Flash too. But. He's going to be the one that survives. The one <laughs> nobody wants. <laughs> have to break him out of jail. <laughs> so, yeah, then there's all these stories about The Rock and like friction he's had with the the studios like it's it's just a mess over there i don't know james gunn can only do so much but the big the big backlash online the snyder bros want netflix to buy the rights to the snyder verse and make a justice league 2 and let zach so there's all this hashtag snyder netflix or what whatever the thing is so that's these deluded people who you, know, you gave them the Snyder cut you, the, after yeah. all this time you gave that you gave in to their demands and now they want more they want Netflix to produce more Snyder content hmm. I'm not gonna say it's impossible because they've proven they can get it done <sighs> fun stuff uh maybe a bit of good news on the horizon we didn't get a chance to talk about Mike Flanagan planning to adapt the dark tower how about that oh i'm all about it I'm this is uh excited co-creator of uh, house on haunted hill and midnight mass on netflix after six years working for netflix he has left his most recent show just got canceled on there so he is moving to amazon studios and then all the he's had some interviews talking about what's coming up for them and he mentioned this Dark Tower thing, and he envisions it as a TV series to run for five seasons, followed by two standalone feature films. So that's his 
plan. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. But yeah, no, no word on what, you know, what studio or where, where it would exist. But I think I would trust him with dark tower above most anybody else. Yeah. Glenn Mazzara made a pilot. I would love to watch, but I listened to a podcast with him a couple years ago and I really loved his take. Like, I mean, he just basically laid out every detail, how, how he was planning on doing it, you know, but then it got canceled and not, I was like, oh, I really loved it. I was kind of heartbroken about it, but, but I trust Mike Flanagan to at least be going the right direction, and it needs to be happening. I, I'm, I want to see this done the as close to the right way as possible. And seasons of television is the way to do it. It, it needs yeah. to be done right. And so, uh, I'm super excited about it. I, I Mazzara was going to do like it do it like chronologically and start with the fourth book, which is a flashback, but it sounds like Flanagan starting with the first book, which is always the killer. Like people read the first book and are like, no, they're not into it. It's like, that's not, that's, that is not what the series is. That first book, you know? Yeah. It took me a little while to get into it for sure. Uh, I wasn't quite hooked till some other things started happening. So yeah, I could see getting lost in the weeds on the first part. Right. But yeah, I'm super hyped. I trust that guy as much as anybody. So cannot wait to see where it goes from there. Uh, the only other news I had was the Golden Globes, the glitz and glamour of Hollywood. What a boy, that was thing. I swear, I swear to God, I saw Lisa Marie Presley sitting there at the Golden Globes, and yeah. like two days later, she, she was, was dead. There. So these did not air last year. <laughs> yeah. I think they gave out the awards, but they didn't televise them because there was all this controversy that they weren't diverse enough. They had no you know, mm-hmm. minority members. There was very little presence. So they took a year and, and, and took a long, hard look in the mirror, <laughs> trying to figure out what was wrong. But I love award shows, whatever. I do too. I can't help it. I'm, I'm gotta watch them. Except again, this did what every award show did. It, the stupid music playing people off and (laughs) rushing people through. So ridiculous. Let them talk. This is their moment. They earned it. Let them talk. Even the people I've never heard of, the cinematographers and the weird, you know, music musician dudes. I don't. I'll, I'll never see you again. But I want to hear what you have to say right this moment. Just there are there are times though that some of these guys, you can tell they don't have anything to say, and right. they just you know. So so do it then. Don't do it for everybody. It's so ridiculous and painful. It's like when you have these other moments in your show that are worthless and you know frivolous. It's like cut that garbage out. Well, and and. You know, the people receiving the awards now know I've got 30 seconds. So they get up there and they're like, but, and they're talking so fast and just rattling stuff off. I'm just like, I, I didn't get any of that. I was like, oh, Michelle Yeoh happened to be like, shut, you know, stop. You know, yeah. it was just like, yeah, you guys better her, stop it. She's 60 years old and has been, you know, this is a lifetime in Hollywood and this is her crowning achievement and glory and, like yeah. no, hurry up, lady! Come on, we got places to be. <laughs> it's like, stop right. it. 
but the other thing it did, there wasn't a lot of extraneous. I mean, it's a long show, whatever. That there were no clips from the movies. Yeah. They didn't show any of these that. performances. I, yeah. Now that you say that, I was like, yeah. Uh, it's it's a mess. It drives me crazy because. I want a six-hour show. <laughs> I want I want all the I want all the clips. I want everybody to see all those moments that I fell in love with watching these movies and get people to go see them, and then see people win the awards for them. You know, it's like it really feels much emptier without that, without showing what the people are talking about. Yeah, and half the time they don't even. You don't even see the person. They don't even show them sitting in the chair or whatever. Like, yeah. They just, they might scroll past their, you know, whatever. Uh, but yeah, so that that's my thinking is like most of the people watching this are just casual. They, they, they didn't listen to our year, you know, year yeah. uh, anticipatory podcast. They don't know every movie that comes Obviously out. Obviously they didn't. So, like, yeah. <laughs> I've so, seen the like, numbers. Showing a, showing a clip. <laughs> might well that looks really interesting so something they might have never heard of or yeah. you know or, or to understand why this actor is getting all this buzz this year whatever but uh, the host was gerard or gerard carmichael who i like as a comedian and again the next day the brutal takedown you know all these uh clickbait articles yeah. but that joke the scientology joke yeah uh, rick ricky gervais wishes he he had, he had told a joke <laughs> as like perfectly brutal as that was but yeah. yeah mocking tom cruise's uh hypocrisy to to no not his face because he wasn't there i guess yeah uh anyway i liked he, he did fine um so i'll give a couple of the winners real quick best tv series comedy was abbott elementary that won a bunch of things including yeah, best actress for quinta quinta brunson uh best actor in comedy was uh, the, the bear jeremy allen white Best limited series or anthology was The White Lotus, which seemed to have a big night. It's night. amazing. I love that show. Uh, actress in a drama, Zendaya for Euphoria. Actor in a drama, Kevin Costner for Yellowdale. You'll love to see it. Oh, I hated that. I was just like, what a stupid pick the end there. Well, I've, I can't remember the other nominees won, won, were, but he would have been the last one I forgot. Nobody, picked. Yeah, nobody expected him. That was probably my favorite moment of the night was Regina Hall riffing and making a joke about oh, yeah. why would he <laughs> want to be there and then continuing to read the cue card. Yeah. That was like a Curb Your Enthusiasm type moment where it's like, oh, he's currently sheltering in place because of a natural disaster. <laughs> like, oh, that was so awkward. And they're, was yeah, like, they're like, what was that, a few miles from where they were or something? You know? <laughs> Ridiculous. So best TV drama... House of the Dragon. So did anyone see that coming? <laughs> no. Up against Better Call Saul, The Crown, Ozark, and Severance. I could see any of those other four winning yeah. over House of the Dragon. No matter I, how much I, you like the show, I don't, I I don't see for that sure as a big be, award. I thought it for sure it'd be Better Call Saul, maybe Severance. On the movie side of things, animated picture Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. I haven't seen that. Is that is that worth a watch? I, I started I it, but that I started it, but I haven't finished it. Uh, so a couple of cool winners. Uh, actress in a supporting role was Angela Bassett from Wakanda Forever. Mm -hmm. uh, I I which is well okay fine, but I just really wanted 
the daughter Stephanie Sue from Everything Everywhere All at Once. I thought she was so good. So yeah, the other two actors from that role, uh, from that film, supporting role and best actress went to Ki Hai Kwan and Michelle Yeoh. Both won for that early in the night. Kind of yeah. had, both had yeah. really great speeches. Love Before they were getting into the piano too much, they didn't. I don't yeah. think they played him off. He had a great speech. <laughs> he he yeah. I I I thought he was the the his acceptance was probably the highlight for me pretty much of that show. Yeah. You better think of another good speech before the Oscars. (laughs) Yeah. That was pretty cool though. Like how he shouted out Spielberg and, you know, and all that. Wow. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, I was raised to never forget where I came from and to always remember who gave me my first opportunity. I am so happy to see Steven Spielberg here tonight. Steven, thank you. Yeah, he's, he's the Hollywood darling right now. <laughs> so best actor in a comedy went to Colin Farrell. Uh, 100%. And then I, best... He, he was great. Best motion picture comedy was Banshees of Inishir. Yeah, I mean... I assume, though, uh, was... Everything Everywhere All at Once was in that category too, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, Kihai Kwan beat uh what's his name? Brendan Gleason. Brendan Gleason, yeah. So they, they're all nominated for the same yeah. thing. So. Both movies are great. Yes. Uh, uh Best Actress in a Drama, Kate Blanchett for Tar. Yep. Actor Amazing. in a drama, Austin Butler for Elvis, which <laughs> No, which he's fine. Like he was good at portraying a famous historical person, which I feel like a lot of award shows give uh, award that easier than a a, a complicated. Uh, What was the name of that movie that this is the whole Rami Malek thing all over again? Um, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, it's yeah. like go away. Just because you play some famous dead person does not mean you deserve the award. He sang "Blue Christmas" on Saturday Night Live to play off Cecily Strong. I mean, come on, that was worth right. the award right there. Yeah. That's great. I mean, he was good in the movie. <laughs> I liked I just, him. I, I liked him, but bad. that does not mean that you yeah. automatically just because you played some famous person effectively does not mean that you automatically win. That's what they think, though. That's an easier thing for a, a person to see. Like, wow, he did yeah. a good job being out. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I knew hey, that plus. guy. Hey, he acted just like him. <laughs> yep. Good exactly. Job. Good job. And last words of the night director for a motion picture with the Spielberg and best picture drama for the Fablemans. I kind of wanted him to get shut out because just to, I mean, just so he'd have to sit there and not win. And Kevin Costner doesn't show up and win. <laughs> but this was such a weird, like, Fableman's had to win as I was watching this because the other nominees were Avatar, The Way of Water, right. Elvis, Top Gun Maverick, <laughs> and Tar. Right. But, okay, so I can see Tar as like Independent Spirit Award, yeah, yeah. maybe Oscar. But like, and then the all these other movies are like crowd pleasing. Like that felt like a memo. Like we have to yeah, have more yeah. crowd pleasing movies. Right. So like, the Fablemans was the only one that even felt like an award winner. In yeah, that yeah, yeah, bunch. I, yeah. So it just it seemed like the safest choice of all that. So 
It's like, really? Those are the five best movies we had this year? Yeah, no. I guess all the competition was in the comedy category. Yeah. Turning to the uh, Poobah Awards here in a, in a few weeks. Yeah. That's right. I said all that just to, just to preview just to set this up. Yeah, we like to come in between the Globes and the Oscars, slide in with the Poobah Awards, and tell you what, what it's supposed to be. Oh, We're gonna pick our favorites of last year, so you know you want to hear that. Yeah, I don't know what format we used to read them all. Now it's like I, we can't do that anymore. But uh, we'll. Uh, We'll talk about I the think ones I'm going to bring this up for the first time on air. I think we should pick performances as well. I think we should have some kind of I'm in. performance. I've category. already, I've already pick, got my sheet, but I just <laughs> it's just more for pick fun. Pick your favorite, whatever. You can pick Elvis Cliff. That's all right. You don't even have to do <laughs> yeah. oh, I, I, I'm fine with that. I have watched so many freaking movies in the last few weeks. Like It's ridiculous. I, one day I watched six 90s movies. <laughs> oh, my God. I woke up like when 5 o'clock. You took a vacation in the 90s? Yeah, <laughs> I woke up like 5 o'clock in the morning on vacation. It was like, watched, uh, I don't remember. Well, watched some movie and it happened to be from the 90s. I was like, wow, man, that was a 90s-ass movie. I was like, <laughs> what else? And I was like, this is a great time for me to watch the uh, on my watch list, on my letterbox, these movies that I have never made myself watch you know i want to i'm like okay well this is the chance and i watched watched a couple i hadn't seen watched a couple i wanted to rewatch, and it was a good time it's a good day long long day <laughs> six <laughs> movies was long. uh i like one of them was uh i had never rewatched primal fear and Nick was over to eat that day. I was like, okay, this is what made Edward Norton famous, was this movie. And it's the it's that one where, do you know what movie I'm talking about, Cliff? Mm. It's like Richard Gere, and uh, there's some priest got killed, and uh, Edward Norton was like an older boy, you know, and he, he's in jail for killing, supposedly killing this priest. And he's like this freaking just, well, golly, blah, 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 you know, the whole movie. And I'm going to spoil Primal Fear now. So tune out if you don't want to know the answer. I'm sure you know already. At the end, you realize that he was just sly and making the, doing the hokey voice. And he was just, it's just a really good acting performance. And it made him a star. Like people were like, oh my gosh, what's we didn't. They didn't know what to make of him, you know. Just so what, I watched Glass Onion. Why, why in the flashback scene did they dress him exactly like Tom Cruise from Magnolia? Because that's that was amazing. an ami- I don't. I didn't understand. Like the silk shirt, he had the long hair with like the top knot pulled back. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, I swear it was the exact wardrobe yeah, oh, Tom yeah, Cruise yeah. wore in Magnolia, and yeah. I don't understand it, but I. Love uh, it's it. guarantee is on purpose. Yeah, just like <laughs> Ryan Johnson. Just that likes to have all these hidden little things like that. It's good. Oh my gosh. We never did inform the public about all the fun we had at the Comic Con last month. True. Can't mm. call it that, can you? Can call it 
Galaxy Con. Yeah. Uh, their first show in Columbus, our capital of our great state. We got tickets and decided to go on up. We invited Mr. Jesse Starcher of the Source Material Podcast, but his whole family betrayed him. <laughs> <laughs> his whole family got sick like just a couple yeah. days before, so sadly he wasn't able to join us. So let's tell Jesse what he missed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, good pizza. Good pizza up there. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> we did have good pizza. But uh, that was after flight. the show. Yeah, that was after the show. Um, yeah, so we went up and uh, was at the uh, the Columbus Convention Center downtown. Uh, we'd all been to before. And first time in Columbus. And this was pretty celebrity driven. We, we figured that out pretty quickly. Um, not heavy on the comics. A um, lot of vendors. But um, the, the I guess the comic and the toy... Uh, side of of fandom, this what you know wasn't really a, a thing for that. So, but it was a decent mix. It had it had, said, it had a ton of creators, mm-hmm. a ton of celebrities. Yeah. It had a lot of vendors, just not a ton of what you'd normally expect. Right, right. So, but it was uh yeah, it was a really good time. I'm glad we went, and uh, um, we all kind of I, I guess you know kind of went for some different things but but we got some we got some autographs and um we did uh we each did at least did one panel and got some books signed and and uh yeah i um first thing i did i think was uh uh went over to the little mermaid uh her her booth jody benson and uh and got some personalized autographs for my wife and my daughter and uh did not tell them and those ended up being uh just a couple christmas gifts here and my wife cried um <laughs> later told me it was probably her favorite thing she got this year and oh. uh 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 Carly has hers framed and and set up in a room there she was all excited thought it was pretty cool so so yeah nice yeah, like you, I'm kind of selective over who I would pay to get an autograph. But this was the show had the whole class cast of clerks there. So I went a little crazy, took my clerks poster that I bought from Kevin Smith's website when I was in college. He had a sale on his website, and he autographed all the posters he sold. So I ordered... A Clerks, a Mallrats, and a Chasing Amy poster back in the day, all signed by Kevin Smith. So I've had those forever. So the whole rest of the cat, well, Kevin was there Saturday, but we didn't go till Sunday. So mm. we didn't get to see Kevin. But if you can imagine, we got there Sunday. It opened at 10. We were there a little after 10. And the first place I, wa- I just walked down to the celebrity side just to, just to see, kind of scope out, see where everybody was. And I looked down the aisle and you say, Sundays are always slower to start. There was only one celebrity at the table, the whole either side of the aisle, and it was Brian O'Halloran as Dante. I was like, what a reliable person. He's there at the quick stop at 6 a.m. He opened, he slid the door up. Right. He checked, yeah. the, he checked the lock for gum. Got, he was yeah. there. <laughs> he got the newspapers, made the coffee. He was there to work. So, yeah, we kind of walked around a little bit, and the celebrity side 
filled out, and I got all the autographs. Jason Muse, Jeff Anderson, and Marion Gigliotti, uh, <laughs> who played who played Veronica in that movie. And she's the only person I had to stand in line for more than about five minutes. Because amazing crossover fans. We met the uh, biggest fans of Marion Gigliotti of everything. <laughs> <laughs> they just had to ask her all kind of questions and. What you get? It's fine. That's what you're there for. That's great. Yeah. But everybody was very pleasant. I got to tell you, she looked better in person than she did in Clerks 3. <laughs> I noticed that when I watched the movie. I thought, that's ah, okay. I was like, how the heck did she look so, you know, she looked really nice in, in person. Like in the movie, I'm like, oh my God. So I had no intent of getting a, a photo because, of course, they all charged. You charge for an autograph, charge for a photo. But Seth basically forced me to get a picture with Jason Muse for my own good. He knows what's best. So <laughs> Seth made me. So I got, I got a picture holding the signed poster next to Jay Muse, and that that was a cool memento to have. I will admit publicly. <laughs> you must admit against your will. <laughs> Yeah, I was just like, no, this is no, okay, just just shut up, go over there. You have to do this. It's like you'll you'll think about it later. <laughs> so that was yeah, that was my number one mission. Uh, number two mission was to get some autographs on, on comic books. We met uh, Howard Chaikin was a fun guy. Fun yeah, guy he was funny. funny. Yeah, uh, he, met. Sorry. I went over and I had bought a. Uh, I thought, you know, after I was there for a while, I thought, if I don't buy like an old Star Wars book and have him sign it, I'm really probably going to regret it. It might be the only chance I have. So I, I went over and I'd found a, a Star Wars number one in a booth, but it was just chewed all to hell. So I ended up buying a, a number three and I took it over to his booth and I was like, I was like, hey, you know, are you, are you still signing autographs here? And he goes, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Read the sign. And I look over and he's got a sign sitting there that was like, I don't know. What was what was he charging? Five dollars? Probably ten bucks. Probably I think, ten. I don't know. Yeah, it was like five or ten. Or I think it was five. And, the, and it said like, unless it's Star Wars. And then it's like fifteen. And I was like, oh, that's that's funny. He's like, this is a man who has dealt with Star Wars fans yeah. his whole life. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> he knows what it's worth. He's like, did you read the sign? I was like, yeah, that's funny. He's like, but did you read it? And I was like, are you serious? He's like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> Here's your cash. So you didn't get to work your charm like you did with Larry. Hall. I did not. Yeah, <laughs> it was. That was the makeup. <laughs> I uh, met Mike Grell, one of my favorite artists from the 80s. Did a long run on uh, Green Arrow. Got a sketch cover done from him. Uh, again, it cost more than it said on the website. <laughs> and then there was an added-on fee. They charge you more for a sketch cover, which I don't understand. But it's the way of the world. So, yeah, my that's my only negative of this whole show is how many people were charging for autographs. Just simple you know, I have one or two comics. Some people were doing it for charity. That's fine. Several people had like, you know, first five signatures free. Then we charge after that. That's perfectly fine. But just five, ten, some were twenty dollars for an autograph. And it's like I I've gone to these shows too long not having to pay. And then it's it's a it's a hard adjustment to like 
try to decide, is this really worth it? And then you think, okay, I'll never see this guy again. Whatever, it's just five bucks. But then you mm. also, then you kind of resent it as well. So I, I, that's the only <laughs> thing negative. Uh, left the negative. Now you hate them. and that, Why right. do I even want their autograph? Right, right. I'm going to throw it away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You sign that, give them the money, and just wad it up and throw it in their face. <laughs> but my favorite guest there was uh, Mr. Jim Shooter. Did not charge a dime. Legendary Jim Shooter. He was amazing. Uh, he was everything I wanted him to be. Nice suit jacket professional oh. polite told stories talked to everybody hands, took photos oh sharp sharp looking crew cut but seth i think you got the creme de la creme where you got to be janet van dyne in the role play <laughs> scenario <laughs> yeah it was pretty awesome i i told him bob hall had told me years ago that he bl- totally blamed jim shooter about the slap about him hitting her and i came at him about it when we were getting uh, getting when i was getting my uh you know 213 signed 217 and all that and he and he's like he finally just i i thought we were past it and then he i came around for the picture and he stood up put his hands on the table he was trying to he was imitating hank pev he's like no he was supposed to be standing like this and she just come up and he like accidentally and he's like go through and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. <laughs> it's like Jim Shooter is acting out. Oh, that is a surreal moment. That's yes, surreal. And then we got to uh, stick around for his panel at uh, that afternoon. Which was inspiring and amazing. Yeah, give some talk about you know, writing tips and how to tell stories. And although for like a 40, 45 minute panel, the spending 10 minutes of it, explaining the plot to Indiana Jones was a little much. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I He's loved trying it. to, you know, expl- you know, talk about story structure and how the her- hero's journey and all this stuff is like, and then, you know, the rock comes rolling down. <laughs> he tells like the whole plot to Indiana Jones. Yeah. It was like, yeah, we know we've seen it. <laughs> but yeah him just telling anecdotes about you know when he took over at marvel in the late 70s and how poorly run it was and how everyone was stealing money and and not doing work and everything like that like, really bothered me he was talking about the stealing money and how they had that woman at the desk that was just you know anybody that sent in a subscription with cash money any kid you know they she just threw it in the trash and took the money and i was like what if my parents had not written a check mm-hmm. or what, you know, like I may have never got them and just never read comics. Like I, my first, you know, I pulled that two seventeen off the newsstand and I immediately got subscriptions to cap and the Avengers starting with, you know, at like cap two sixty five and, and right there is like, I sent that check in. I think it was five foot, probably four dollars, four and a quarter for a year subscription. And what, you know, what if I had taped my quarters to the thing like, you know, all these other kids did and mailed it in themselves? It's yeah, like, so it's, so when, yeah, with the secretary of the work days, I got away with it for like three years embezzling the money from the envelopes of from subscriptions. It's like, how did you not get angry letters and calls? And, yeah, because, yeah. because, and that just, the thing is, it makes total sense. That the one you wouldn't because the ones that the kids sent in were the cash ones. They mm-hmm. had just put their change in an envelope and sent it in. And so their parents are they're like, What? You did what? I don't care. Go away. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I went to a panel, um, that you guys did not go to while you were off getting stuff signed. I, uh, I slipped into the, uh, the Smallville panel because part of the celebrity guest was like the cast of Smallville. And, uh, and I watched that show, um, you know, through, I think through the whole run and, uh, as bad as it was at times, but, uh, it, it, you know, it's been off the air for like 10 or 11 years now or whatever. And it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. It was funny as I was, cause it, it didn't start exactly when it was supposed to. So what had happened was I just kind of saw a, a, a crowd gathering off, you know, waiting in line to get into room. And I thought, Oh, what's that panel for? I was like, Oh, it's Smallville. And so I just went in and, and kind of was like, there was a big crowd and some people that had special passes got in first. So I thought, well, you know, it's a, it's the big room and I'll just try and sit in the middle and get as close as I can. So I ended up like sitting in the first section of seats in the very last row, right in the middle. And, uh, there was like a, a couple seats on each side of me that were empty um, but there were a lot of people in the panel and as I, as I was sitting there, they, they kind of got, like I said, got rolling kind of late and like these two, these two, uh, women walked over and they're like, Hey, is anybody sitting over here? And I was like, Oh no. You know? And I thought, Oh crap. You know, I got a people and they ended up like leaving a Somebody chair. <laughs> they ended up leaving a chair in between us, but we're kind of sitting there a few more minutes and I look over and like, this girl next to me, I told you, you guys know the story, but she pulls out a, an entire 12 inch Subway sandwich. <laughs> and I'm like, what, what, what is going on? This is, this bitch has a, has a $5 foot long in her purse. And she just opens it up, starts eating. She's got chips. She's got a drink. And I was like, what kind of, what kind of show is this? And she sat there and she ate the whole thing. Uh, so, but the panel was a lot of fun. John, John Glover was really fun. Uh, he went back and forth with, um, Michael, um, Rosenbaum, uh, that played, you know, Lex and, uh, and Lionel Luther, John Glover. And, uh, they, uh, John Glover did a little dance and it was just a good time. Kristen Crook, uh, looked amazing. Um, she, from where I was sitting, she looked exactly like she did on the show. And, uh, yeah, it was a really good time. So that was the panel I went to. No mention of, uh, Chloe. No, I kept waiting. Um, I thought for sure somebody, you know, would ask a question about the, uh, the Nexium sex cult. Uh, but nobody, nobody did it. And they kind of, they shut it down before anybody had the chance. I think, <laughs> Well, they've already started announcing guests for next year, so cast of Boy Meets World will be there. I I gotta get a Boy Meets World poster between mm, now and December. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I love that show. So yeah, uh, good time. Had some good food. Went to both you guys' favorite spots up there, North Market and the Late Night Slice. Yeah, got the sample awesome. of both of those after hearing about them for years. It's delicious. Pretty good day. All in all, good. pretty good day. I enjoyed it. <laughs> <sighs> Fun stuff. 
Well, that well, does it. Yes. I, yep. I think that does right. it. That does it. It's spoken. Hey, thanks for listening. <laughs> we will be back shortly. My name is Jordan Lowe. Cliff Barnes. Seth. Bye forever. Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udownwithkpp.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a comment. Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and wherever podcasts can be found. You can connect with us through social media on Facebook, YouTube, at The Kapow Podcast on Twitter, or email the show Kapow, the pop culture podcast at gmail.com. If you really want to go the extra mile, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash KPP for special content and access to Patreon-only benefits. We are grateful for anyone who chooses to contribute, but please know that most of our content will remain free. So please continue to like, comment, and share.